Kings fans, it's time for game night. And he scores! Wins it in overtime! With a comprehensive look at the upcoming game, including a look at the Kings and their opponents. Coming in off the right wing, took it to the net. Interviews, analysis with notes, news, and scores from around the NHL. And your calls. Let us know what's on your mind. Call us now at 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20. It's game night, and it starts now. Kings fans, welcome back. I am Jesse Cohen coming to you live from the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center here in downtown L.A. It's game number 44 for your L.A. Kings, and tonight they take on the Edmonton Oilers here at Crypto.com Arena. The Oilers are 4-4-2 four, four in their last 10 games and start a four-game road trip through the Pacific Division tonight. They play Anaheim, San Jose, and Vegas before returning home to play the Seattle Kraken on January 17th. Connor McDavid leads the NHL with 76 points, having a league-leading 33 goals and a league-leading 43 assists. Meanwhile, his teammate Leon Dreisaitl is second in league scoring with 62 points. We'll see if the Kings can pick up a second win against their Pacific Division rivals in just over an hour. But for now, we're taking your questions and comments here at LA Kings Game Night. Let's call in at 877-KINGS-20. That is 877-KINGS-20. As always, we have tickets to upcoming Kings games to give away if you call in and make it on the air with me. Taking a look at the lineup, <clears throat> no foreseeable. Changes to the lineup, Arthur Kaliev and Trevor Moore remain on injured reserve. It sounds like they will remain there for at least a few weeks, both listed as week-to-week. Week. Jordan Spence today was recalled from the Ontario Reign, uh, but he and Carl Grundstrom were seen on the ice uh, after morning skate had uh, wrapped. That usually indicates those two players will not be playing in the game that evening, sometimes three today. Just the two players, the healthy scratches. It appears that Phoenix Copley will be the starting goalie once again. Copley 10-2-0 on the season with a 2.52 goals against average and a save percentage of .904. Copley has faced the Oilers twice throughout his NHL career, posting a record of 1-1-0 with a 9.45 save percentage and a 1.58 goals against average, allowing just three goals uh, in those two games against Edmonton. This season, Copley has allowed two or fewer goals in eight of his 12 starts for the Kings. Uh, he has been a stabilizing force, and obviously we'll talk a little bit about that more later. <clears throat> Familiar faces on the Edmonton Oilers, obviously the entire team. I believe the Kings have played Edmonton 13 times in the past 13 months. That was the stat that was tossed out at morning skate today. But as far as former Kings, Jack Campbell, the only one he is not expected to start tonight. Uh, no Molson Index uh, coming into play tonight. Jack Campbell uh, being the only member of the Edmonton Oilers with any kind of Kings ties. In Kings news, uh, Brant Clark sent back to the Barry Colts. And Zach Dooley on LA Kings Insider had uh, an article that I recommend you give a read. Um, Rob Blake spoke to Zach Dooley and Dennis Bernstein in Vegas, and uh, just going to read some quotes here, but I uh, encourage you to go back and read the entire article. This is uh, Kings General Manager Rob Blake talking about Brant Clark and the decision to assign him to the Barry Colts of the OHL. 
We kind of had that plan all along, Blake shared. We wanted to give him a little bit of the habits of the NHL early on in the season. I thought he had a really good camp coming out, and he earned the right to be here and go through that. He took his conditioning stint in the American League well. Then he went and did a really good job at the World Juniors and helped that team win gold. Now he's got to continue that in Barry. If you missed the World Juniors, Brant Clark won gold medal with Team Canada. On All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the LA Kings, hosted by yours truly, uh, we had Cameron Gauntz, a defenseman for the Ontario Reign, on the episode that posted this morning, and uh, asked him to watch the Kings prospects, Otto Celine, Kenny Connors, and Brant Clark that were playing in the World Juniors, and he shared his uh, evaluation of those players. Just going to bring you a, a quick highlight of that episode here now. If I'm an evaluator of this tournament, I know that he's going to be one of the best defensemen in the tournament, but I want to see him show the things that make him a special player. That's what exactly what he did. In the big moments, he was unstoppable. Uh, if I'm an evaluator of this tournament, I know that... Sorry, that was uh, Cameron Gauntz talking about Brand Clark. He went on uh, to sing the praises of the young defenseman. So Clark, he was excellent in the biggest moments, like he said. I thought he was the best player player, not defenseman, on the ice in overtime in the finals, which, and that's what you want. When we talked about a tournament like this, what are you looking for from these players? From him, what I'm looking for is the biggest moments I want him to shine, and he did. So Clark, he was at- That was, again, Cameron Jones talking about Brand Clark, and shining in those big moments includes getting the assist on the gold medal winning goal. Brand Clark wasn't the only player, however, from the LA Kings participating in the World Juniors. Kenny Connors also played for Team USA. Cameron Gantz shared his thoughts about the young forward for Team USA. What Kenny did was he played his role exactly the way he wanted. He wanted a certain type of game out of him, and that's exactly what he got. He never hurt the team once. He took ice time that was given to him, and he succeeded in it. And then he even ended up paying off at the end of the tournament by playing his two best games in the in the semis and then unfortunately because they lost in the bronze medal games again cameron gaunt's defenseman for the ontario reign kind enough to watch the play of the three kings prospects participating in the world juniors he joined me on all the king's men uh we posted that episode this morning i would recommend you give it a listen cameron gaunt's is always excellent and uh this was a really fascinating opportunity to learn what a player looks for and sees when he's watching other players uh, especially younger players um in a, in a tournament like that. Other games around the Pacific Division tonight, the Montreal Canadiens taking on the Seattle Kraken, and we've got a bit of an oddity happening right now. Looking around the uh, NHL scoreboard, the Flyers just defeated the Sabres 4 to nothing. The Predators are up over the Senators at the end of the second 2 to nothing, And the Kraken, with about 13 minutes left in the third, are leading the Canadiens 3 to nothing. That's three games on the NHL docket, and all three of them uh, currently registered as shutouts. There's two games still underway, but one has finished the Flyers shutting out the Sabres 4 to nothing. Again, the Predators up over the Senators 2 to nothing, and the Kraken up over the Canadians 3 to nothing. I would personally love, obviously, to see the Edmonton Oilers uh, meet a similar fate to the Buffalo Sabres. I won't say the word when talking about the Edmonton Oilers, I'll leave that to Alex Faust to jinx, but I won't be doing it myself. Uh, so three games there. Uh, we will be catching up with the uh, Kraken game as the, 
this period goes on because the Kraken have gone ahead and passed the Kings in points percentage uh, in the standings, and they have made a bit of a push to regain that uh, momentum they had earlier in the season. The Kings still currently in second place behind Vegas with 52 points, but Seattle just four points behind them with 48 and still with five games in hand. At some point, their schedule has to catch up to the Kings, but they are 6-3-1 in their last 10. The Kings 7-2-1 in their last 10, and it looks very much like Seattle will pick up another two points tonight. So Seattle breathing down the necks of your LA Kings, and obviously we hope that the Kings keep that distance ahead of Seattle in the, uh, in the standings. We are going to go ahead and now play you some quotes, as we do, from uh, players and coaches. Todd McClellan has been asked a number of times heading into the last three games whether or not three games in a row versus divisional leaders, Dallas, Boston, and Vegas, if that was a test, if that was a challenge, if the coaching staff put extra emphasis on those games. And the answer, predictably, was always no. You have to play the schedule that you're given. Every two points count just the same as the other. But now that the uh, games are over and the Kings did perform as well as they did, I uh, had a chance to ask the coach yesterday if, in fact, those three games were a good test for a team looking to turn their season around. It's funny because you it's easy to answer after the question, but it always is a test, and we did play well against those three teams. So, yes, it was a nice um, run. We only had four or six points, though, and we still have... Edmonton coming in, San Jose who always plays this hard, Jersey who's playing extremely well before we get to any type of um, a marker, I'll call it, where we can breathe a little bit as a team. And hence not skating today and trying to conserve energy is part of the plan for that. That was Todd McClellan. Uh, it sounds like there was a bit of distortion there, so uh, I will attempt to reboot my, uh, my audio player there while I vamp and try and get the proper sound coming from the coach. But as he said, it's a little bit easier for the coach and the players, I think, to answer those questions once the games are behind them and the results are in. And uh, Todd McClellan pointing out that they only got four out of a possible six points. So while it's easy to be very positive and upbeat about how the team played, I think it's important to recognize that they did uh, lose to Dallas, not a game that I thought they should, uh, or excuse me, lose to Boston game I don't think they should hang their heads too hard about. Boston was the best team in the NHL. Uh, played an excellent game. A couple of lucky bounces here and there. A couple of simple mistakes that Boston capitalized on. Uh, Sean Dersey was asked the same question, whether or not those three games were a test for this Kings team. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and honestly, I think with the rivalry we got in these guys, it uh, carries on to tonight, too. It's uh, They got the best player in the world on their team. Uh, we we played so many tight games. They play that kind of hockey with us, and we know it's going to be a war. So it's almost carrying that stretch into uh, the rest of the season we got going here. So I, I mean, we found our game there a little bit in that stretch, and I thought we did a lot of good things. So it's it's about carrying it into this rivalry and uh, bringing it on to the next test. So that is the question: Is this a rivalry? And I mean, I, I certainly don't like the Edmonton Oilers. I know a lot of Kings fans don't. Playoffs tend to build rivalries, and the Kings most recently in the playoffs facing off against the Edmonton Oilers. Tonight, as Sean Dersey said, the best player in the league, Connor McDavid, and arguably the second best player, Leon Dreisaitl. They lead the team in scoring in first and second place. It will be uh, a continuation of that test. Todd McClellan was asked, however, about the play of Sean Dersey, and uh, 
the uptick in his performance now that he's beginning to get a hang of playing on the left side? Well, I think Sean, like the rest of our team, has his plays grown um, as the year has gone on, and that naturally happens for most players. Um, he still um, has great vision and, and creates with his shot and on the power play and that type of stuff. Um, he's becoming more reliable defensively. You know, when you only have six to dress and he commits to, to doing those things better, it makes everybody better defensively. So good for him. Todd McClellan continued to uh, sing the praises of Sean Dersey. Yeah, more than anybody else uh, playing his off wing. And um, earlier in the year, we talked a lot about those situations where he was um, surprised maybe by how awkward it was. I think he's beginning to figure um, some of them out. Even in practice, he's working on uh, moments that occur in a game for a guy on his offside. So, um, again, it's not ideal, but he's doing a really good job of it. That was Todd McClellan once again singling out Sean Dersey uh, for praise. And it's not just Sean Dersey. Obviously, he said at the beginning of the first clip, it's the entire team has gotten better as the season goes on. But we heard at the start of the season the need for patience when it came to a new power play coach, integrating a new player like Kevin Fiala into the system, Sean Dersey learning to play the left side, getting young players like Brant Clark and Jordan Spence some playing time. It was always going to take a little bit of time for this team to discover its identity. I hate to bring up that I word again and to iron out some of those inconsistencies. It's still too early to breathe a sigh of relief and declare that the identity issues are settled and that the consistency has stopped being inconsistent. Um, but certainly that stretch of play the Kings have recently um, undergone is a, a huge step towards taking that sigh of relief. We're going to dig into uh, some numbers when we come back from the break, trying to explain maybe what they've done differently uh, to get those results. We'll hear more from Todd McClellan, more from Sean Dersey, and, of course, from Zach Dooley. This is LA Kings Game Night. I am Jesse Cohen. Stick around, Kings fans. We'll be right back. LA Kings. Play here. Valley Sports West. Patrick Gold! And now, you have more wings to watch than ever. With your service provider. To win it! Yeah! Or with the all-new Valley Sports Plus, available on the Valley Sports app. Oh, what a setup! Valley Sports West. The home for LA Kings hockey. If you want the best care for kids in California, come to Children's Hospital Los Angeles. CHLA is the highest ranked children's hospital in California and a top hospital in the nation on the prestigious U.S. News and World Report on a roll of the best children's hospitals. CHLA provides outstanding patient-centered care, trains the physicians, nurses, and caregivers of tomorrow, and conducts life-saving research to help bring more cures to more kids. For the best care for kids in California, visit CHLA.org. Crypto.com is the official crypto platform partner of the LA Kings and the world's fastest growing crypto app. In the app, you can easily buy and sell cryptocurrencies and different coins, collect the world's top NFTs, and get discounts when you pay with crypto. Download the Crypto.com app now on the App Store or Google Play. All information is provided for informational purposes only, and this message is not intended as a recommendation of financial or investment advice. Cryptocurrencies are highly volatile and subject to significant risks and may not be suitable for you. Not available in all jurisdictions. 
Yamaba Resort and Casino at San Manuel has another reason for you to come in today. For a limited time only, Yamaba is giving all new and inactive members a buy one, get one free buffet. Plus, new members can win up to $1,000 in free play for signing up a Club Serrano membership. You'll earn rewards from playing any of the 6,800 slots or table games. Experience SoCal's best buffet and resort. Yamaba is your home to big wins and even bigger prizes. Go for a BOGO today. Details at Yamaba.com slash new member. Must be 21. Please gamble responsibly. From Star Wars to Kids Day to L.A. Dodgers Night, the 22-23 season theme night and promotion schedule has something for everyone. Visit lakings.com slash promotions to see all the fun the Kings have in store this season. That's lakings.com slash promotions and go Kings. This is L.A. Kings Game Night. Make your voice heard. Call 877-KINGS-20. Back to the action on the L.A. Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. Jesse Cohen here once again inside the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center here in downtown L.A. where the Edmonton Oilers return to Crypto.com Arena to take on your L.A. Kings for the first time since Game 6 of that playoff series last year. The first uh, segment, we heard from Todd McClellan and Sean Dersey. We heard conversation about whether or not the recently completed three-game stretch against division leaders, specifically the Dallas Stars, Boston Bruins, and Vegas Golden Knights were a good test. We heard that, in fact, it was. A standard was set, and now the Kings have to continue that into tonight's game against the tough Pacific Division rival, the Edmonton Oilers. And... Whether or not the Kings are the Oilers' biggest rival, I think an argument could be made at the moment that the Oilers are the Kings' biggest rivals at the moment. Obviously, teams like the Knights, the Ducks, and the Sharks will always be out there for Kings fans to uh, point their daggers at. But since the Oilers are the Kings' most recent playoff opponent, there is a, a special little extra something in the air tonight. Uh, Kings fans hoping to pick up two points against the Oilers, not just because of their standings in the Pacific Division. I want to talk, however, about um, shot blocking because it is something that I have sort of fixated on recently. And uh, Todd McClellan was talking this morning, I believe it was, about the little things that a team can do um, to demonstrate that they have turned the corner in their search for an identity. And... Uh, whether or not shot blocking is proof uh, that the team has decided to do those little things. I'd, I'd like to think it is. We've given up less. We may have created less too, but we you got to sacrifice a little bit. And um, we have given up. I, I, I feel like the team is buying it more now than they were before, for whatever reason. But human nature sometimes to, to revert, and we don't want to do that. But that's why we play 82 games and, we have to keep reminding the players, repeat and repeat and repeat. And they have to keep buying in. And then they have to execute. Some nights we may want to play that way and it just doesn't work. But I do feel that. Sean Dersey led the team with seven blocked shots over those three games against Dallas, Boston, and the Golden Knights. And I asked Sean Dersey uh, about whether or not blocking shots was uh, a priority for the team now that they uh, are looking to tighten up their defensive play. I mean, it has to be a priority for this team. I think uh, if you're not blocking shots now, uh, I don't know if you can 
play in the games that especially that we have. It's uh, it's not only good for you know keeping pucks out of the net, but momentum, uh, getting guys up on the bench. You see, uh, I remember Gabe blocked a big one last game. We had a, a lead there, and you know he's limping around, but the whole bench is up. Uh, we're all giving each other taps, yelling as he comes to the bench, and. And it makes the block feel a little bit better, but I think it's it's big for the team, and, and I think that's really important in today's game. That was Sean Dursey talking about the importance of shot blocking. I asked Todd McClellan if you can take the same approach towards shot blocking with every opponent, or do different opponents present different strategies when it comes to that aspect of the game? It depends on, on the opponent. I think sometimes they put you in a situation where you can block a little bit more. Maybe there's a little more predictability. I'm not saying Edmonton is that team. For teams to have success and win, um, you have to do some of the things you don't really want to do, and shot blocking is one of them. I look at Gabe in uh, Vegas the other night. That was a pretty important block. And he's still feeling the effects today, but it got our bench excited. It got people... Uh, the more he does that or somebody does it, the more committed the group does towards doing things they probably don't want to do on a regular basis to try and win. Um, Ally Follow took a big hit from McNabb on the on the half wall, but he got the puck out. Nobody wants to do that, but you have to do those things to, uh, to win. Shot blocking happens to be part of it. So there you have Todd McClellan talking about the impact a big shot block can have on the rest of the team. And there's the idea of, you know, com of contagious play that some players drag their line mates into playing similar styles that some players inspire other team, other teammates to play similar to them. So I wanted to sort of dive into some of the numbers uh, over the last recent stretch of play from the start of the season until December 6th, was Phoenix Copley's first game. Uh, the team had 15.24 blocks per 60 minutes played. That was 10th in the NHL. Since Phoenix Copley played his first game for the LA Kings, that number has gone up to 17.556 blocks per 60 minutes. That is second in the NHL in that span. That's only two extra blocks per 60 minutes uh, or 2.3, I suppose. But in a game where you start to mount your statistical advantages in your favor in order to win games, that shift from being the 10th most effective team at it to the second most effective, I think, is, is no small coincidence. And Phoenix Copley currently boasts the highest percentage of shot attempts against blocked by teammates. And I read that stat uh, on the last home game, but I'll read it again. Phoenix Copley is facing the highest, or is benefiting rather, from the highest percentage of shot attempts blocked by teammates, meaning that of any other goaltender in the league, Phoenix Copley's teammates are blocking more shot attempts than any other goalie. And whether or not that's by design, whether or not that is simply uh, a coincidence, I don't think you can overlook it. Uh, Phoenix Copley is facing the second lowest five-on-five five shots against per 60, 23.76. That's behind only Antti Rata. Uh, he's got the lowest five-versus-five five high danger chances against per 60, 5.47. So it's unquestionable. The Kings are playing tighter defense since December 6th. Uh, I chose that date arbitrarily. That is the date that Phoenix Copley played his first 
game for the Kings this season. But since then, the Kings have clearly uh, improved their play. Uh, in the first portion of uh, the season, excuse me, 29.4 shots against. That's seventh. Since then, 27.4 shots against. That's third. In the first portion of the season, from uh, the start of the season to December 5th, 3.59 goals against average. That's 26th in the league. Since then, three even. That's 15th best in the league. So they leap from 7th to 3rd in shots against and from 26th to 15th in goals against. The record, 13-10-4 from the start of the season to December 5th. Since then, 10-4-2. Um, oddly enough, the only area where they did not improve, and I feel like I must have entered the search wrong because I don't know how this would make any sense at all. Uh, in the first portion of the season, that is the start of the season until December 5th, power play percentage at 20%, penalty kill at 71.2. Um, and the power play, uh, or I think I have that backwards, the power play was 24.7 and the penalty kill was 73. Since then, the power play 20%. The penalty kill 71.2. So both special teams, uh, if I did the search correctly, I feel like I may have, or maybe I just wrote it down backwards. But it seems like uh, special teams numbers have uh, have not improved since the rest of the team's defense tightened up and uh, they went on this streak of play, coinciding with the recall of Phoenix Copley, or perhaps not coinciding. I'm not smart enough to know the answer to that yet. We'll have to watch the rest of the season to find out. Now, Todd McClellan did talk about uh, the change in play and uh, credited the team's decision to play to win, not to score. I said this the other day, I think, to some of the, the, the people in here. like We were, we were playing to score a month, month and a half ago. Now we're playing to win, and there's a big difference. You have to score to win, but now we're we're starting to get the the play to win part, and you have to do you have to score, you have to prevent, you have to do a whole bunch of things. But um, maybe earlier we were playing to score, and now we're playing to win. A player who I imagine falls solidly into the category of playing to win, not necessarily to score. Uh, a player that I have complimented many of times for his uh, play is Blake Lazat, and Todd McClellan was asked about. His recent strong play centering the newly formed third line with Gabriel Velarde and Kevin Fiala. One, he's done an outstanding job. I think we all have witnessed that over the past three weeks of what a good job he's done in the middle. He's made a lot of quiet little plays uh, to keep offense alive or to kill offensive plays for the other team. He has a different blend of wingers now than he's had in the past. Uh, The line has a little bit of a different identity and what he's been able to do to go from one type of identity to the next but still bring his game is pretty impressive. He's got some hockey sense, at least in my mind, to be able to adapt and go there. Um, Right now he has a spot in the lineup that he doesn't want to give up. Todd McClellan continued on praising Blake Lazat for his play on that newly formed third line. He's the conscience. He holds people accountable on his line and on the team. Um, Not always verbally, but by his play. Having him center those two, it, it makes for a harder matchup for the other team. You know, you've got we've got our leading scorer and our leading goal scorer on the same line with with Lizzo, who is playing quite well. That that's a it's a different matchup. Not a lot of teams are are three deep down the middle to go against that. So it's right now it's working for us. 
That was Todd McClellan talking about Blake Lazant. Blake Lazant currently with seven goals, 12 assists, 19 points in 43 games and a plus two. Last year, uh, he wound up with 10 goals, 14 assists, 24 points, a career high for the young forward. Well on pace to, uh, to beat that already with 19 points, just five points away from eclipsing his previous career high in points. Talked earlier about general manager Rob Blake talking to Zach Dooley and Dennis Bernstein. I commended uh, Zach Dooley's article. I also want to recommend Dennis Bernstein's article, which you can find on the fourth period. Went into a little bit more detail with general manager Rob Blake about Quentin Byfield, about Phoenix Copley. And again, I'm just going to read from Dennis's article. Uh, this is a quote from Rob Blake. It's a good opportunity for Quinton right now, talking about him playing on the top line rather than third line center, because those guys are going to be out for a little bit, talking about Moore and Kaliev. With Quinton getting up on Kopitar's line and getting some power play time, he did a really good job in the American League with extra minutes, and I think it's brought him up to speed. He'll, he's going to be getting a good look here for a couple weeks. So it sounds like general manager and coach are happy with the current uh, lines that they have going. Sorry, I'm getting flustered here by the uh, music. Getting a little bit loud a little bit early. So we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we'll hear from Zach Dooley in a segment we like to call Dooley Noted. This is LA Kings Game Night. I'm Jesse Cohen. Stick around, Kings fans. New vehicles are arriving daily at your Toyota dealer. Powerful new Camrys, adventurous new RAV4s, rugged new Tacomas, even stylish new Corollas. And with great end-of-summer savings, there are incredible deals on many of Toyota's most popular models. So get a special lease or low APR on the Toyota you've always wanted. See your Toyota dealer today or visit toyota.com. We make it easy. Toyota, let's go places. Experience the future of connectivity with Spectrum One. You get Spectrum Internet, delivering the fastest speeds in the nation for $49.99 a month. Advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced privacy and security, free for 12 months. And a Spectrum Mobile line with unlimited talk, text, and data, plus nationwide 5G, free for 12 months. That's Spectrum One. Visit Spectrum.com or your local Spectrum store today. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. If you want the best care for kids in California, come to Children's Hospital Los Angeles. CHLA is the highest ranked children's hospital in California and a top hospital in the nation on the prestigious U.S. News & World Report on a roll of the best children's hospitals. CHLA provides outstanding patient-centered care, trains the physicians, nurses, and caregivers of tomorrow, and conducts life-saving research to help bring more cures to more kids. For the best care for kids in California, visit chla.org. Crypto.com is the official crypto platform partner of the LA Kings and the world's fastest growing crypto app. In the app, you can easily buy and sell cryptocurrencies and different coins, collect the world's top NFTs, and get discounts when you pay with crypto. Download the Crypto.com app now on the App Store or Google Play. All information is provided for informational purposes only, and this message is not intended as a recommendation of financial or investment advice. Cryptocurrencies are highly volatile and subject to significant risks and may not be suitable for you. Not available in all jurisdictions. Back to more of LA Kings game night. Call 877 Kings 20. Back to the action on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. 
Welcome back, Kings fans. Jesse Cohen here once again inside the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center in downtown L.A., where the Edmonton Oilers are in town to take on your L.A. Kings here at Crypto.com Arena. Both teams are currently on the ice for warm-ups. That means it's time for Duly Note. Yeah, duly noted. It's time for warm-ups. That means it's time for duly noted. Joining me now, Zach Dooley. How are you doing today, Zach? Jesse, doing well. Excited to begin a homestand. Yeah. Very excited. Yeah. That one uh, outlier game against Vegas breaking up what would have otherwise been a very, a very long, long one. Yeah. yeah. yeah but... So tonight's opponent, the Edmonton Oilers, a couple of things stand out to me. I'm just going to throw a bunch of out-of-context stats at you and okay. you see if you can... <laughs> figure out what any of it means. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl lead the league in scoring with 76 and 62 points respectively. However, Connor McDavid is a plus two. Leon Dreisaitl is a plus three. The most of the players in the top 10 are double digit pluses. Eric Carlson is one at a minus three. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is 15th overall in league scoring. And Zach Hyman is 24th overall in league scoring it's a no-brainer to say this is a high-powered offensive team and yet they don't lead the league in scoring um, in either raw goals or goals per game they're near the top but not overwhelmingly I mean is this just another Edmonton Oilers team with a heavy top and a susceptible bottom well they are like third in goals right Mm -hmm. or second like it's not like they're no but they're not one goal ahead they're like right there Connor mcdavid is an um, unbelievable personal pace but the team itself is not shattering records or anything. i mean first and foremost their power play is clicking at 32.2 yes. percent mm-hmm. um if you look at the power play points for the players that you mentioned they're obviously very high and you don't get a plus when you look at power play points it's even so obviously they're getting a lot of production on the power play um which makes not taking penalties against this team specifically key. Uh, they're still very, very good players at even strength. They're still, you know, producing points at even strength, uh, but they're also giving goals up at even strength. I think they're they're not la- they're kind of twentieth or so. I think twenty second in the league in goals against. Um, so it's not like they're they're playing these high scoring games every night, but they're also not like a stalwart defensive team. Um, first and foremost, it means they have a great power play. Um, but secondly, yeah, they're, they're top heavy, um, but their top is extremely, extremely good. And maybe it puts more of a focus for the Kings on the fact that they've really been getting three lines worth of scoring, um, as opposed to just the top six worth of scoring. And maybe it can create a, a good matchup potentially if all three lines are going. I mean, I hadn't even thought about the power play implications, but of course you're right. And just to give you an example of how insane it is. Connor McDavid has 76 points on the season. 26 of those are at five on five. Yeah. That's, I mean, that doesn't that doesn't mean that all of them are on the true. power play, but I, Is it? I'm looking at it right here. It's three, two thirds of his points on the power play. Well, n- not on five on five. Or not five on five. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how good that power play is. Yeah. Um, the last time these two teams played, the Kings blocked. 29 shots and took 32. I don't expect that kind of, um, you know, effort again. But Todd McClellan said it himself, referencing what you said, stay out of the penalty box against, against yeah, this team. For sure, right? If you're if you're facing that power play, 
the easiest way not to get scored on the power play is to not give them a power play. Easier said than done. Edmonton will have power plays more than likely, but you got to limit them and you have to not make it a special teams game because I think that favors the Oilers. Um, the block shots thing, it's something that you've kind of been touching on with a couple of the guys and with Todd today. Obviously, it's a good thing that the Kings are blocking those shots. I think, like you said, not realistic to see that total um, be replicated. But that game was kind of a weird one, the one at Edmonton. It was between, in that stretch when the Kings were not yet committed to playing the way they need to play and want to play. But that night they did, and they did it almost to a T of perfection. They were great that night. The check for your chances term, I think, was really prevalent. They took care of one end, got rewarded via the more Deneau Arvidsson line three times at the other end. And they really committed to playing that style of hockey, I think, extremely well. Now they're playing that style more and more. So it's not like that outlier where you think it's going to be, you know, here's this game amidst 10 where you didn't like the style that they played. Now they're kind of in that stretch of playing the way they wanted to play against good teams. It's interested to see kind of how it translates because Edmonton is a different opponent. That previous game was what four win, five wins in six games for them. It came in the middle of November, and I think I don't want to speak for everybody, but I certainly thought that that was the game that we would look back on and say, "Oh, this is the turning point. This is the moment." The new point that we're looking back to and thinking, "Oh, this is the moment," is that Buffalo game or the right. Boston game, if you want to just mm-hmm. look at results. But. The last three games, and this is another point I've sort of brought up a number of times with a couple of players and, and the coach, going into that stretch of three games against Boston, Dallas, and Vegas, or Dallas, Boston, and Vegas, right, there was conversation about three upcoming games against yep. three division leaders. Is it a test? Blah, blah, blah. And, of course, the answers we got were predictable. No, it's have to play who's in front of you, the schedule. It's a marathon, not a sprint, et cetera, et cetera. Now that it's over, however, again, not speaking for the players or for the coaches, just from my own personal perspective, whether or not it was a test, I feel very confident in how they played all three games. I think it was a Mm -hmm. test. It was, or a measuring stick, and you don't view it that way, but it is one just because of who who you are and where you are, which is second in the division. You're playing three teams who are higher than you in a row. And I took away two things from the conversation we had yesterday with Todd McClellan. And it was that one, the Kings were very happy with how they played in all three games there. But two, it wasn't like they're celebrating because they only got four out of six points. And mm-hmm. it speaks to the fact that the Kings believe that they can play at that level every time. So not winning every game does have at least a level of disappointment. And I think that's kind of a, a sign of growth because if they did that at the beginning of the year, I think we'd all be very, very happy. Now it's like, okay, the Kings can play at that level. They have played at that level, but they're expecting more. I think that's that's really good to see that they kind of reacted that way. There was a question, I think it was asked after the Vegas game, and then I believe there was a follow-up. I think you asked the follow-up yesterday, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it was Dennis Bernstein in Vegas asked Todd McClellan, is that the best 60 minutes you've played? And he sort of laughed and said, you know, mm-hmm. you ask me that all the time yeah. and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I think the follow-up, maybe I imagined it, but the follow-up was sort of, the more you get asked that question, shouldn't you, I'm paraphrasing now, like the fact that we are now noticing that question, doesn't that mean it should be asked less? Like, isn't the measure of a good team that we don't need to qualify? Was that the best 60 minutes? of the Right. Year? How many times is the Boston media asking, right, them, right. was that the best 60 minutes of the year? Because yeah. 
Though I do think I heard that Jim Montgomery said that the game against the Kings was yes. their best 60 minutes <laughs> yeah. in like a month. But <laughs> yeah. you're 100% right. Like if it's the question we've been asking for three weeks now of the consistency, mm -hmm. right? Like at what point are you no longer inconsistent? And there is no answer, but it kind of feels like we're there mm -hmm. of like over the last 10 games, the Kings have not been inconsistent. They've been responsible defensively pretty much every night in that span. Um, so yeah, I, I think you, you have to get to a point where, or we are getting to a point or should be getting to a point where you're not asking that question because games like that are no longer standouts. They become the norm and the expectation. And that's like, we talked about a good thing. One of the things that I probably didn't want to believe earlier in the season was, but I found myself saying it a lot was that even with all of the flaws, even with all of the inconsistencies, even with all of the storylines that you could point to and say these are concerns for the LA Kings, they were still maintaining that spot in the standing. They were still having mm -hmm. a competitive season. And, you know, I, I would say it out loud maybe to calm myself more than anybody else. But now you look at this team after a stretch of consistent play against, you know, really difficult opponents, and maybe some of those storylines are still out there concern. You know, you can always get better. But now the team is in an excellent position, and we had the head coach not necessarily saying that the playoff push has already begun, but acknowledging that the – what was the word he used? The, the Not stress, but the uh, emotional level. Yeah. The, the, mm -hmm. the, the environment feels elevated. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, at no point, despite all of the, like you said, concerns and storylines going around with the Kings – any worse positionally than they were last year at any point. Like they were always right there or better. It's just the notion of this team should be better than last year's team. So being where they were last year was not good enough. And now they're kind of starting to exceed that a little bit. And I think like we said, setting kind of a new baseline. The, this month feels like the time last year where the Kings gelled and put it together. It was this road trip coming up, going into the break. That, that I thought that was like, okay, this is kind of when they started to really find that that identity and style of team. They seem to be finding it a little bit earlier this year. It's, it feels like right now is when they're kind of finding that. But the, the stretch of games coming up is a gauntlet. It's six on the road, um, and that's preceded by a few at home, but every game we just talked about, three straight division leaders, every game is either a playoff team or a team that always gives the Kings trouble. So it's a difficult stretch that it feels like if the Kings can kind of come through this part when the emotions and the and everything does feel a little bit heightened, they're going to be sitting very good coming into that final third of the year. I want to talk real briefly about Anshay Kopitar because he is a player who is, I think, the victim maybe of his own excellent play um, because he has been so good at everything for so long. I think it's easy to pick apart moments where he maybe has a rough game in some singular aspect of the game. But if I had to choose, and I'm going to spoil some future content that you and I might be putting out. If I had to choose an MVP for the first half of the season, I would have to be really talked out of choosing Andre Kopitar. And I think he's been excellent in the last couple of games. I thought the Vegas game, he was maybe the best player on the team. He is the best player on the yeah, team, but like yeah. I, I thought he was he, he played he his he was the best player of the game. Like mm -hmm. he only had one point, but the way that he played I, I thought was commanding. Like in that first period, Kings were on the ropes for large stretches there. 
They were turning the puck over a lot in their own end. They didn't quite to settle until that intermission, and they came out and dominated the rest of the way. But several times in that first period, Kopitar cleaned up a mess that could have been a lot worse. You know, it was three or four times I noticed him on the back check, tracking back. He got a stick in a passing lane. He intercepted a pass. That could have been a really good chance when the game was 0-0 that he just cleaned up and it, it wasn't a worry. A few times where it wasn't off the rush, just in his own end, his defensive game was excellent. You've highlighted that pass he made off the wall uh, to Kapari on the shorthanded goal as, I mean, not everyone makes that pass. Not everyone sees it or attempts it, but he did both. He executed it and set up a goal. And it's just a secondary assist on the stat sheet, but it was an incredible pass that he made off the wall after the the right decision to make it. So I agree. I, I thought he was really good in that Vegas game. It was kind of the perfect embodiment of all the things that he does and brings, even if the points aren't there, he's still effective. I think he'd be an effective player with zero points. This is an imperfect stat, not because of how it's recorded, but because the league has an inconsistent track record for who plays which positions. But among centers, according to NHL.com, Andre Kopitar is second in block shots mm-hmm. on the season. I realize I'm obsessed with block shots at you the are. moment, yeah. and I'll move off of it in a couple of games. But he really is just so smart. Doesn't seem like an appropriate enough word, but his his awareness, intellectual, yeah, <laughs> just just the way he sees the game, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to call it, vision, hockey sense, hockey IQ, yeah. smartness whatever i sometimes privately refer to it as knowing the geometry of the game you know like that pass off the wall right you have yeah. to understand it's like playing pool right yeah like sometimes you have to go rail first and i can't see that shot it's with my depth perception it's very difficult not everyone can see that pass mm-hmm. and he did and does frequently see those kinds of plays yeah there there are a small group of players who can seemingly control everybody on the ice through sheer will mm-hmm. um if you've ever watched tj tynan play on the power play in the ahl that's another example but kopitar when he's at the peak of his powers feels to me like he's controlling shifts and i just really wanted to highlight that um i think we're gonna wrap it up zach thanks as always thank you for having me that was zach dooley that was duly noted this is la king's game night i'm jesse Cohn. we're gonna take a break right now kings fans when we come back some final thoughts about the Kings opponent tonight, the Edmonton Oilers. Stick around. We will be right back. Crypto.com is the official crypto platform partner of the LA Kings and the world's fastest growing crypto app. In the app, you can easily buy and sell cryptocurrencies and different coins, collect the world's top NFTs, and get discounts when you pay with crypto. Download the Crypto.com app now on the App Store or Google Play. All information is provided for informational purposes only, and this message is not intended as a recommendation of financial or investment advice. Cryptocurrencies are highly volatile and subject to significant risks and may not be suitable for you. Not available in all jurisdictions. The LA Kings play here. Score! Valley Sports West. Patrick Gold! And now you have more wings to watch than ever with your service provider. To win it! Or with the all new Valley Sports Plus, available on the Valley Sports app. Oh, what a setup! Valley Sports West. Your home for LA Kings hockey. 
Going to the movies this weekend? Totally Unlimited movies have arrived at Regal with Regal Unlimited, the perfect pass for movie lovers like you. See all the movies you want, as many times as you want, while enjoying 10% off concessions. Plus, enjoy unlimited moments. I love you. Unlimited action, unlimited adventure, and unlimited laughs at any Regal theater nationwide. Use the Regal app to become an unlimited subscriber today. Regal is a proud sponsor of the Los Angeles Kings. But you must call 811 if you dig without making the call. It could be bad for everyone. A utilities under your property can be buried any place. So if you dig around, don't do it right. There could be thousands of fines to pay. You can dig. You can dig. Everybody can dig. You just have to call 811. Learn more at SoCalGas.com slash 811. Choose your games, choose your experience, and save big. The most flexible LA Kings ticket package is now available. Pick up to 10 vouchers and use them on your schedule. Visit lakings.com slash flex for more information. And we'll see you at the game. Go Kings! Turn to LA Kings Game Night. A pregame look at the Kings on your LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. Jesse Cohen here once again inside the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center here in downtown LA, where the Edmonton Oilers are back at Crypto.com Arena to take on your LA Kings. We mentioned this earlier in the show, but all three other games on the NHL slate tonight have wrapped. And all three have ended in shutouts for the visiting team. The Predators blank the Senators 3-0 in Ottawa. Flyers blank the Sabres 4-0 in Buffalo. And the Kraken go into Montreal and shut out the Canadians 4-0. So uh, hopefully that trend does not continue here at Crypto.com Arena. An odd little coincidence. Three games on the slate, three shutouts for the visiting team. We heard in our conversation with Zach Dooley, Todd McClellan talking about uh, the, the increased pressure uh, of this point of the season, and uh, he was asked whether or not it's important to get Kevin Fiala established on a line uh, during that period of time. We're in it now. Every day is so important, and um, I think Kev can go up and down. He can go from side to side and be a rover on lines and uh, with line mates and be just fine. And he's proven to do that not only here but with his older teams. Todd McClellan was asked if he does believe, in fact, that we have entered the time of the season where a playoff push does happen, and he shied away from claiming that the playoff push was on. The, the intensity of the game seem elevated right now, and I don't know if it's the opponents that we played and the hype around the game or not, but we've got that again tonight, and we'll have it basically all the way through to the break. I don't know if there's a push to the playoffs. I think there's a push to some deadlines that we see coming up. Um, obviously, we got a four-day break coming up, and we want to play really well heading into that so we can breathe a little bit and rest. And then we've got the longer break coming up. So we've got two segments of games here that we've got to take our game up in and try and play the best we can play. And then I always use the word breathe, like just park it for a little bit, um, turn it off, breathe a bit, get healthy, and then try and do it all over again. It looks like there won't be any changes to the lineups. Zach Dooley uh, 
posting the line rushes that took place during warm-ups, and it looks like Alex Ayafalo, Phil Deneau, Victor Arvidsson will skate on that second line. Quentin Byfield, Andre Kopitar, Adrian Kempe on the top line. Kevin Fiala, the team's leading scorer, Blake Lazat and Gabriel Velarde, the team's leading goal scorer on that third line that Todd McClellan talked about earlier. Uh, and Brendan Lemieux, Rasmus Kupari, and Jarrett Anderson-Dolan making up that fourth line. Meanwhile, on the blue line, Anderson and Dowdy, Dursey and Roy. Excuse me, Edler and Walker with Phoenix Copley getting his start again in net. Todd McClellan was asked uh, whether or not you can shut down Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl or whether or not you have to simply limit their effectiveness. The LA Kings and 31, 30 other teams, I guess, all want to shut those two down. And then you open up the, the stats and there they are. So how's that going? Not real good. They're going to get opportunities. They're going to get chances. They're going to get on the board. Uh, to shut them down would be great. Uh, to limit them is probably a little more realistic. One way to limit them is to keep them off the power play, stay out of the box, as we said with Zach Dooley. A number of the points the Edmonton Oilers get coming from that number one power play in the league. Todd McClellan talked about what makes Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl such a threat for opponents. The two players play different. And that's what really makes them effective is, you know, they're, they're both top five players in the league and they do play different. So it's, it's a unique blend of superstars. A unique blend indeed. And hopefully the Kings will come away with two points against those two superstars. That is going to do it for us here at LA Kings game night. Huge thanks to our in-arena producer, Jake Warner and Jeff Cabot at the iHeart Studio in Burbank. LA Kings game night will return on Wednesday night when the San Jose Sharks visit Crypto.com Arena. But for now, we'll take one final break. When we return, Hall of Famer Nick Nixon and Daryl Evans have the call as your LA Kings face off against the Edmonton Oilers. This has been LA Kings game night. I have been Jesse Cohen. Thanks for listening, Kings fans. The draw a shot. Score! You've been listening to Kings Game Night with a complete look at the Kings' upcoming game. Be sure to join us immediately after the game for Kings Talk. Call in again with your questions and comments at 877-KINGS-20. And now, stay tuned for LA Kings Hockey. Coming up right here on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network.